Hello, and welcome to episode 10. Wow, double digits. Double digits uh, of North Rockin'. Point Plus. Um, yeah. yeah, we're just counting them up. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast to our messages on Sundays. So every Sunday we gather together as a church, and then this podcast just lets us continue gathering. We get to interact with you guys, answer questions, and keep the conversation going. Yeah, p- part of what I really love about what this is becoming yeah. is that it it just creates a different kind of of uh, opportunity to have a conversation about the content yeah. that uh, that we want to communicate that we feel like is important for us as a church to wrestle with. Yeah, and uh, so it's fun to just talk about it. Yeah, and it's fun. It's not. Uh, it hasn't turned into a, a stump the pastor <laughs> type no. of conversation. Yeah, which is great. Which I think shows kind of your your guys' heart in submitting questions. That the heart is not to enter into an argument or see if we can stump the pastor or anything like yeah. that. It's just, to, it's really is to continue that conversation about what matters most. I, I, I do. I, I am loving the, um, the vibe that comes in this yeah. in, in terms of that. It's not to try and, um, the questions that come are not really driven to try and tie me down to an answer or to, or to give a really incredibly detailed theological explanation, but to really just help people wrestle with the issues that are there. And that's why your questions are so great. So thanks. Keep them coming. Yeah. Speaking of questions, I was just going to say 17 or something like that. Speaking of questions coming in, we got flooded with questions, which is awesome. Yeah. We love questions coming in. Um, So a lot, some of the questions are are similar in themes. We're just kind of grouping some of those together. Um, One of the decisions we did make is that for this episode, we want every question to be anonymous. Just I mean, we appreciate people submitting their names and wanted to stick by their question, but just because of the topics that we're addressing it's just safer <laughs> to avoid yeah and if you wrote it you'll know you wrote it yes. <laughs> we'll wink we're not changing the words <laughs> exactly um so this past week a uh, uh, higher level so we're in the middle of our series called god's design yep which has been awesome uh and uh last sunday we went through men and masculinity Yep, and we handled all of that in thirty-five minutes. Everything, put a bow on it. That's yeah. done. Uh, this past week, we did uh, women and femininity in thirty-five minutes. Put a bow on it. That's done. Yep. <laughs> it was so easy to just boil down. That's right. Both of those in two Sundays. Right. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, so before we dive into questions, I always like to just get a high-level overview for maybe those that weren't able to watch the whole message, or you had to, you know, you just want a refresher. Um, yeah. Give me a high-level overview of what we covered in that thirty-five minutes. Yeah. So, so we're talking about God's design. God's design for men. God's design for women. For women specifically, this week, yep. uh, clarity uh, initially. Clarity that God made two sexes, yep. men and women, um, and then and then really just kind of diving in to say, okay, what's it mean? What what is God's blueprint? What's yep. His thumbprint on women in general that applies to every aspect of their life? And uh, did a deep dive into some scripture, um, and and then said, okay, what's the, how's that bubble out? And uh, we talked specifically about three qualities that we think are part of God's design for women, that they be collaborative, which is kind of that helper concept that's that's there from Genesis, that they be compassionate and, ha- and have a tenderness yeah. that, um, that just comes out in, in terms of who they are, and that they have um, uh, an extra measure of trust, yep. that, that um, God, because of His design, Put into the into women the ability to trust God in in an authority structure that they're not necessarily at the top of. Yeah. Um, out of that, like last week, we talked too about idols that are there, yeah. the the things that draw uh, that have the potential to to draw women to say, "Oh, this is where I want to go." And yeah. those those idols that we talked about are control, security, and um, help me. Manipulation. Manipulation. Thank you. I was I was actually visualizing down through my notes to try and think. Oh, the third one that's there. Yeah, control, um, uh, manipulation, and security. Yeah. That that those three things. Um, it was really interesting in the message. If you were there live watching there, um, in that section in particular. Everybody's attention was um, <laughs> acute. It, it was it um, because those are very real things right. that, particularly in our culture, that um, are are it's easy to go that direction. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We'll dive into the questions because okay, the good. questions talk about a lot of the things I want to get yeah. to. So uh, the first question that I think it, it's just fun to start off with, like as questions come in, I love reading through them because you just never. You never, 
can predict what will sit in someone's mind yeah. and think, wow, I have like this is so interesting. It, it's fascinating. So one of the first questions that came in, we, we had talked about um, in the order of creation, God creates man. He creates Adam. Yeah. And that's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So out of Adam, he takes his rib. <laughs> yep. And for some reason, God chooses his rib to make Eve, um, to make women. And so that's the first question is, why do we think God would, out of all of the ways that he could create women, why would he choose the rib <laughs> of the man? The, um, the the great answer to this question is, I don't know. <laughs> I, know I thought <laughs> um, the same thing. <laughs> the, um, we, that's, there's, there is no theological answer to that. Right. The poetic answer, answer to that. And it's interesting because I, uh, I not very long ago was working on some wedding stuff and I read uh, somebody else's w- wedding ceremony and they talked about, oh, God took, God, God made Eve out of Adam's rib because it was there right next to his heart yes. and it was besides, and, and it, it fit <laughs> right there uh, that, that the rib signifies that they would be yep. side by side together. Yep. And all that's great. I, I don't want to make fun of that because right. that's that's cool poetic language, right? And um, and who knows if that's what God was thinking, right? But he did. Right. Uh, the the thing that really struck me as I was working on the message was it really is a pretty phenomenal thing that God says to Adam, right? I, I, that He makes Adam out of dirt, out of dust, right? And breathes into him, and Adam comes alive. And then, then in the curse, he says, you know what, part of the curse is that you were made from dust and you're going to return to dust. Yep. Um, but it is something that's incredibly cool that he makes Eve right. not out of the dust, but out of Adam's rib. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, interesting it's, stuff. It's, it's one of those things where we don't have Scripture that point to point to and say, God did this because yep. of X, Y, or Z. So can we speculate? Absolutely. Does yep. it hurt? No. Are we going to land on a for sure written in stone answer? Not at all. Not today. Yeah. <laughs> great question, though. It is a great question. Good one to start with. Because now we start. Getting now we into, dive in. Now we start getting into to heavier questions. So uh, this question came in. So we talked about the the curse, the fall. Yeah. So Eve um, sins. Adam sins. Sin now infects everything. Right. There's the fall, uh, and you had mentioned that Adam, um, as as part of the fall, part of the curse, that Adam would rule over Eve. And yeah. so this question came in about the role of women's submission in God's design. Um, was woman's submission to her husband a result of the fall, or was that part of God's design even before sin entered the picture? So I, I guess to, to kind of boil it down, was that submission, trusting relationship initially part of God's design, or is that just born out of the curse? That That's a great question. And again, it's one of those things that I don't think that we can speak definitively yeah. either way. I, I don't think that it's safe to say that that the submission of the wife to the husband is specifically the result of the curse alone. That right. that had sin never entered, that wouldn't have happened. I don't think that we can definitively say that because, like we talked about last week, when Eve sinned, God came to Adam mm. and said, have you eaten of the, of the tree? Who told you you were naked? Right. He said that to Adam, not to Eve. So I think that, there's, that there is... Um, a, a pretty strong case to say that that relationship um, existed before sin mm. um, in, in terms of how God uh, designed and, and related. He made Adam first, right. made Eve second. Um, I, again, I don't want to put too much stock in that, but um, I, don't, I don't think that it's a safe um, answer theologically to say, oh, that's only because of sin that sure. that happened. Sure. Yeah, and I think it goes back to again what we're talking about with the whole series is is God's design for us and our identity for men for women and part of what we've talked about is that male and female reflects who God is right in terms of the uh, I use the word roles for lack of a better term at this point but in terms of the roles that they play out for men to be responsible engaged intentional right. for women to be the words that we talked about compassionate um, collaborator. And trusting, there trusting, it is. I had yeah. to get there. I had to get yeah. there. Um, those different roles play out, and that that part of God's design doesn't change because right. sin enters the picture. Yeah, and and the reality is, it doesn't matter. 
Because that's the world that we live that's in. That's where we're at right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it's probably good to to circle back to our ground rules as we get further down into these questions. Yeah. <laughs> that it's a good thing to keep in mind to remember and go on what we say, not what we don't say. Right. <laughs> don't connect dots that aren't being connected. Maybe this is less of an elbow-free zone. Maybe you can just let, yeah. your, let your significant other know yeah. like, hey... <laughs> We're not talking to you, Siri. <laughs> Hear what That's I say. Great. Hear what I say, not what I don't say. Yeah. <laughs> and Siri, you don't listen. All right. This next question um, is fascinating. So we're continuing talking about the curse, the effects of the curse. Um, this person asked, what are the daily and periodic, so less frequent impacts of the curse on men and women? Does the pain of childbirth include the pain of raising children? Um why did men get one curse and women got two? Uh, I guess I can go on or we can answer one of those questions. Uh, if man has a responsibility for his family, why did God address and punish him last? So he, in that order of the passage, he goes to the serpent, gives a curse to the serpent, then the curse to the woman, then the curse to the man. Um, so there's a bunch of questions yeah, <laughs> that we can dive um, into. Let, let, me, let me just paint a broad picture. If yeah. I go back to, I, I can't remember if it was uh, last week's follow-up, or North Point Plus, or maybe a few weeks ago, where we talked to just about how you make sense of Scripture. Yeah. Um, the uh, where Scripture's plain, obviously you take the plain meaning of that and, and yep. go from there. Yep. Um, where Scripture is maybe not so plain, or where where you're looking for principles, um, man, I would encourage you to dive in and say, God, what's the principle that you have for me? Yep. Don't make that principle applicable to everybody else because that that principle that's there, God is teaching you how to apply that in yep. your life. Um, and then there's a whole lot of things that you that you just try and connect the dots to say, okay, how do I understand this? Yep. So if I if I use that kind of framework to say, okay, why did God address Adam last? I don't I don't think that there's any um, theological uh, foundation or meaning to say, okay, God addressed the serpent first, and then Eve second, and then Adam right. third. I don't. I don't. He could have done it the exact opposite way. I. That's just how he did it. I. I don't think that there's any um, weighted meaning yep. to that. I don't think that there's any um, particular weight to the to the reality that that God said to woman, uh, to Eve. There's going to be pain in childhood, and you're going to long for your husband, and he's going to rule over you, and says to man, hey, the ground's not going to do what it's done. You're going to have to fight for your food. You're, right. you're going to struggle to, to find that. Um, I, I think that's just as it gets communicated, God said this is the way it's going to be, and, um, and, and so it, it just gets lived out that way. Yep. And... Um, Interest, that's a really interesting question, the pain of raising children. <laughs> right. Um, I would just, I would encourage us all to say, while clearly there's some pain in raising children, <laughs> man, there's so much joy. And, um, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I, th I think in, in terms of raising kids, we understand who God is so much clearer right. when we see through the eyes of our kids. Yep. And we understand our own sinfulness. Right so much better with yep. kids because they amplify our strengths and our weaknesses and yep. it's easy to see stuff that we struggle with being fleshed out in our kids. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think you even see God's heart in that. Even in in doling out the judgment for the sin, he even leads to, I mean, essentially talking about Jesus. So right. and in through all that pain, you get the the first prophecy of right. of Jesus coming to redeem yeah. all of that. So Yeah, that he's gonna stomp on the serpent's head. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So even in that it all still points to Jesus, which is really yeah. cool. All right, um, digging down a little further. So when when looking at God's design for women, so we we boil it down to what we said is not three exhaustive. It's <laughs> not exhaustive. It's not exhaustive. Sure. It's not exclusive. It's not saying that men can't yeah. be compassionate, whatever. Um, but in looking at those, we chose to highlight those three words. Concepts, yeah. Yeah. Um, helper, collaborator, uh, compassionate, and trusting. Uh, this person asks, uh, when we're looking at... Um, men being in a relationship with a woman, are those good characteristics to look for when evaluating your current relationship? Or let's say we're evaluating, there's a single guy, he's looking, he's he's dating, he's maybe looking to get engaged. Are those good characteristics to look for in a woman? I, I, it, 
It is really interesting to see what questions come in. I, yeah. I think that that's a great insight. Yeah. I don't think that it's the sole metric, right? but I think that it is one of those things that you say, okay, if this woman is a woman that trusts herself mm. more than she trusts God, mm. is that who I want to spend the rest of my life with? Right. That's a, that's a great question. If I, if I go personal, Deb, I don't know if you're watching. I <laughs> hope this is okay. Um, when, when I was thinking through um, who I was going to marry yeah. and whether I was going to marry Deb, the, the, um, there were a lot of things about Deb that were not what I had envisioned my wife would be in terms of interest and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that I knew was that more than anything that she loved God mm. and and my as I analyzed as a as a 21 year old um, young man I thought you know what if her if her deepest desire of her heart is to know and love and serve God we can get through anything that comes mm. and that quality that primary quality really has made the difference whenever we've had animated discussions <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, when whenever we've gone through heartache yeah it it really has been there and I think when you look at those those character quality the, those um, uh, that part of God's design yep that you say is this person um, is this person a collaborator? Do they do they recognize that they they don't have to go it alone? That they want to be a helper? Yep. That they want to make everybody around them better? That that they have a tenderness and a compassion for people? Mm. Um, that that they really do trust God more than anything else? More than they trust themselves? Man, I, yeah, I think those are great qualities to yeah. pursue. In the same way that I would say, if I go back to last week, right, uh, ladies, if if you're looking and say and saying is this a person i want to pursue a relationship with and the man is not intentional responsible and engaged i'd i'd, I'd say be really cautious right. because there are going to be there are going to be challenges there right. um, that last a long time yeah and i think that's that's a great perspective is putting it under that umbrella of does this person have a relationship with jesus right. first um because you might find seasons in someone's life where there might be a guy that is really engaged and kind of responsible and pretty intentional, um, but if they don't have that relationship with Christ, right, that element of God's design never really gets lived out, especially right. in relationship in, in marriage. Um, and and, would be and if they if they're pursuing that relationship with God, those th- that blueprint of God's design is going to keep bubbling up to the top, right? Because we all fight those things. None of us are successful right. in those. Right things 100% of the time, but if we're pursuing Jesus, those right. things are going to, as long as we let them, they're going right. to continue to come up right. back to the surface. And you have, a, you have a common standard to hold each other accountable to. Right. So when I'm not being engaged or intentional, Julie can, rather than saying, hey, Mark, you're not being engaged or intentional, can hold me accountable to my relationship to Jesus right. and have that be the catalyst for that. Right. Rather than just being, well, now we're going to be picky with each other. About, right. Well, this is where you're not being intentional. So having yeah. that common standard. You're not being very compassionate. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll lead to an, an intense, uh, how, what did you call them? <laughs> animated animated discussions. I said yesterday, <laughs> discussions. In, intense discussions. And when I came home, Deb said, uh, we we don't have intense discussions. We have animated discussions. <laughs> a, a worthy clarification. Yes. <laughs> All right, this next one uh, is interesting, um, an interesting question. So we talked about um, uh, part of God's design for women, uh, that element of trust uh, being intimately linked with faith, Yeah. Um, the, the, that faith, um, faith part of their life. So this question asks, uh, how does faith being a part of God's design for women differ from the spiritual gift of an extra measure of faith that we see in 1 Corinthians 12, which obviously lists all the spiritual, right. many of the spiritual gifts that come, and one of them being that extra measure of faith that the Holy Spirit gives us. Um, the the uh, that's a great question, yeah. and I and let let me probably um, contextualize that to yep. say when he's when when Paul's talking about um, spiritual gifts, he's yep. talking about special things that come from God that are given to people for a specific purpose to draw people to Jesus and to and to help them understand who God is, and some people have this incredible sense of faith that that is it's permeated. Um, every area of their life, yep. and it sure just seems like that's that is a supernatural gift from God. Yep. Um, I would differentiate that with what we're talking about the the trust and the faith 
that exists in, in woman as a part of the blueprint of God, as a part of God's design, in that, in God's order of things, mm-hmm. when, when he said in Genesis, you're going to long for your husband, your husband's going to rule over you, when he says in Ephesians 5, wives submit to your husbands, when he says in 1 Peter 3, wives submit to your husbands, that there is this peace that's just inherent in that, mm. that says, for me to be able to do that, I have to trust God. I've got to have a faith in God that just keeps me on track every day, 24-7, 365 days a year. And that, and I think that that's different from that supernatural gift of faith. Yeah. Um, again, do men need to have faith? Do they need to trust God? Do they need to submit? Yes, 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 all those things. But I think there is something in God's design that says, okay, here's the authority structure. For you to thrive in that structure that I've created, you've got to have, you've got to trust me in this, and it gets lived out every minute of the day. Yeah, no, that's great. I don't don't have anything to add to that. That's great. Um, Excuse me. This uh, is a great question, and this I think came up multiple times as we were we were discussing the series and discussing this message. Um, so this person, uh, I'll just read their question because I think they wrote it in a, in a great way. So collaborative, check, compassionate, check, trust, broken. Mm-hmm. How do you fix broken trust from years of child abuse or any abuse, yeah. um, even at times when it's difficult to even trust God through that? Which and again that came up so many times is is how do we how do we talk about this issue of 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 women being called to trust at this level when it seems like this world is full of relationships that abuse and break trust over and over and over again? I don't know. I I mean the the the, the bottom line is my heart grieves right because of the brokenness of the world that we live in yeah and so and so when you say you know all this stuff happened to me before and it's made me not trust people uh, it just stinks that we live in the wake of sin that you know that that's the bottom line but the challenge for us is to begin to get beyond that not on our own but by the power of Jesus in our life and the Holy Spirit helping us take little steps. Right. Um, trust, uh, I, I, um, a, a phrase I use often is um, you can forgive pretty easily, hmm. maybe. You, know, you, you, can for, you can make the decision to forgive. To have trust restored happens over a long period of time, right. one step at a time. And the challenge for that is to recognize that the God that we serve, if God is God, we can trust. We can trust him. And the only way that we grow that trust, that you have trust restored, is by trusting him. Um, (laughs) And so it really is, man, you take a small step and you realize, oh yeah, God is faithful. He did come through, not in the way I thought, but I can trust him, and so you trust a little bit more, and um, and and so that's true in terms of our relationship with God. I think that it's true uh, in our relationships with with men and women as well. Yeah. That that uh, the reality is, um, lots of marriage counseling, yeah. the, the issues that exist between a husband and wife are not necessarily um, specifically. Um, defined by what happens with the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. It's that stuff has happened in the past that right. shapes their perspective of the, uh, their, um, the motives of the person yeah. that, that um, maybe is violating that trust or that, that yeah. their action is triggering all kinds of stuff. And so all I can, all I can tell you is go to Jesus, mm-hmm. let the Holy Spirit do his work, and, and know that you can trust God. You can trust God in a way that you can't trust me, that you can't trust Mark, that you can't right. trust uh, your husband or your wife, wh- right. whoever it is, but you can trust God. Yep. And that when we trust him, um, he, he will be faithful, right. and, he, and he won't let us down. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think what you said in there is that it, 
where do you take anything that's broken in our life? It has to go to the cross. Right. It has to go to Jesus. Um, and that's what, as I was looking at this question and thinking through, I mean, the the hard reality, and maybe you would disagree with this, is it, we're always making the choice to trust something. Yeah. So by by making the evaluation that I can't trust God, I'm trusting my evaluation of that. And I have proven over and over again that my <laughs> trusting myself yeah. leads to destruction. It right. leads to hurt. It leads to pain, um, especially when that comes at the absence of trusting God. And right. so, again, that's my encouragement to anyone that is experiencing broken trust or broken anything in life is it has to go back to the cross. Yeah. It has to go back to Jesus, where, Je- where God, in his infinite wisdom, took a very, very broken, painful thing and made right. it for our good. Right. And that's... Very, very difficult. So, by no means, yeah. by just saying that, doesn't mean that poof, right? Your trust is fixed. Like you said, it's it, that's a long process. Yeah, that starts getting fixed at the cross. It does, and and it and the only way trust can ever be exercised, restored, is when you make the decision to say, "Yeah, everything in me screams no, but I'm going to say yes." Yeah, um, mm. and and I think that that's. I, you know that's that's at the heart of what we're talking about in the context of marriage in both directions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, that's great. All right. Um, when it comes to these topics for for men and for women, unfortunately, the church has a big history <laughs> of bias in either direction. Yep. Um, which you tend to see. And so, how do we? Uh, this question came in. How do we deal with ongoing issues of uh, either church history or churches currently that abuse m- passages to keep women in abusive relationships with their husbands. So uh, often, submit is that trigger word for people. Where when you right. say, "Wives submit to your husbands," that triggers and that that sends off alarm bells. Of well, are we saying submit in all situations? Because there are churches that say that. Right. So how do we deal with that in our context? Um, I don't think that this is a cop-out, but I think there are times that Satan uses that question mm. to distract us mm. and, to, and to give us um, permission to not be obedient to what Scripture says. Mm. So we say, oh, because that's been abused right. over here, I'm, I don't want to do that. I don't want to experience that, so I'm not going to trust God in that area in my life here. And um, and I think that that's um, I, I think that that's a tool that Satan uses. So um, I, I make no um, uh, no defense of people who use Scripture as a weapon, mm. use Scripture inappropriately as a weapon. Right. Um, I, I I hope that came through. That it, um, Submission doesn't mean, uh, you know, trusting God doesn't mean there aren't healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean that you put yourself in a situation that you're physically, you know, that your life's in jeopardy. Although, goodness, there's, there are times, uh, forget the marriage thing, there are right. times that, that we, uh, you know, I've got, I know people that are in places where th- their life is on the line. The and the same thing. <laughs> and they're choosing to stay there because God has called them there. Right. Um, but that, but that doesn't mean that it's a wrong decision to right. leave that situation for a missionary, whoever you know, for a follower of Jesus in a, in a in a situation that's there. Um, the uh, the the challenge for us always is to say not how has Scripture been abused, but how do I be obedient to Scripture? Right. How do I live that out in right. my life? Right. The e- the easy way of looking at Scripture is to look at the extreme view. And say I will take the opposite view, right? And that's right. Often, a, a, an appropriate way of handling scripture. It's not always going to be in the middle of two extremes. It's not right. always going to be the opposite of another extreme. And that's why I love our approach. Is you don't trust what Rick says, what right. Mark says, what anyone here at North Point says, what your pastor used to say, whatever it might be. We always go back to scripture. And so, if scripture says, "Husbands, you have responsibility," yeah, wired into who you are then that's the approach that we take. And that means there's love that goes along with that. There's good the, g- Responsibility is a good thing yep. when handled in God's design. And the same for women in, in women's design. You are hardwired through God's design to trust your husbands, to trust God. To trust God, yeah. And live that out by trusting your husband. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and so are there extremes that abuse that? Absolutely. Yep. Do we condone that? No. That's stupid. Right. But the opposite, it, because there's an extreme, it doesn't mean the opposite is the way that we should go. Yeah, I, I think that there's something incredibly powerful and beautiful in a, in a wife who can say, you know what, I, I don't, I don't think that my husband's really making a great decision in that area, yeah. but I'm trusting God. And, um, and, and uh, even in a situation where, where, it's, where it's just difficult that a, that a woman says, I'm trusting God in this to provide everything that I need. Right. Um, the, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I think and this might be somewhat of a tangent, but I think that's the hard thing with our culture is our culture says when when a man or a husband doesn't live out God's design properly, it's the role of the women to step into that design. And that's not part of God's design. Right. And that's the hard thing is that's when it comes down to trust is my husband isn't being responsible, intentional, or engaged. And that's where the idol of that control element right. comes in where it's, well, now it's my role to be the con- in control of all of this. And that's, gosh, that's the difficult thing. Right. Of, of, and we said this, I think, in our last episode, North Point Plus, that it's easier for women to live in God's design when men live in God's design. Absolutely. And it's easier for men to live in God's design when women live in God's design. Right. And that's that difficult balance that, thankfully, God helps us stumble and walk through and picks us right. up along the way. Um, but yeah. I'm done with my tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a great question, um, talking about how we live out God's design in different seasons. So this question comes in, uh, how do we live out God's design? Specifically, I mean, the example here is as a helper. So, for example, if you're sick and pregnant for a long time and you've, you've physically lost your ability to help in all the ways that you used to help, how do you function in God's design when the season that you're in doesn't allow for it? <laughs> Um, that, that, that is a, that's a great question. Um, and I think, I think it's to recognize that there are seasons of life that are, um, that are different. And I think when you wrestle with that question to say, okay, God, you've designed me to be a helper, a collaborator. You've designed me to be compassionate and tender. You've designed me to, to live at, to live life with this sense of trust. Yeah but I don't know how to do it right now. Hmm. Even in spite of whatever the circumstances are, I think when you pray and say, God, help me do that today, Hmm. it may look completely different than it does when your kids are middle schoolers than when when you're pregnant. It may look completely different than when you have an empty nest than elementary age or whatever the the, um, circumstances are. But when that becomes our prayer things that may seem insignificant are really significant in terms of just being obedient to God. So, yeah. so figuring out how to be a helper, um, you know, maybe you're so sick that you can't, that you can't cook, you can't do dishes, but the encouragement, the coming alongside your husband in that yeah. is a different level of help that you've never experienced before that, right. that ultimately carries out in the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's lots of different ways that collaborator can be lived out right. and compassion can be lived out. And we, we tend to, to wire it in our minds of, I, I am the thing that I do. So yes. when I've, when I'm sick and I'm bedridden, I've lost the ability to do these things in my family's life. Then I'm no yeah. longer collaborating, compassionate or trusting. And that's just not the case. Right. Um, and so often, like you said, it could just be a word of encouragement Yeah. <laughs> that go, that helps come alongside and, and, collaborate with people. So yeah, removing that mindset of because I've lost the ability to do these things means I'm no longer that thing. is not really the concept of what those words, right? at least in terms of how they're lived out. All right. Uh, this is a, a three-parter. <laughs> nice. So it's technically question nine, but it's nine A, B, and C. <laughs> Um, and we'll, we'll probably just address them one at a time because I think there's a lot that goes into them. So uh, you talked in your message how uh, men and women are made in God's image, which we, we believe and we affirm. Is, that, is, is being made in God's image only true in the pairing of the male and female, or was Adam in God's image 
by himself and Eve is also in God's image and they bring up 1 Corinthians 11 that talks about and there's there's a whole context that goes along with this passage but 1 Corinthians 11 talks about how man is the image of the glory of God and women are the image are the glory, or the glory of man yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you could go through that and because that doesn't specifically affirm that women are also the image of the glory of God that they're not made in the image of God yeah, with, so. without diving too deep into uh, getting out of all my resources and looking at stuff, the, yeah. the, the word in Hebrew for man, mm-hmm. so when God says, let us make man in our own image, um, the word for man is not necessarily simply a biologically male right. creature. That It's the same word that's used for mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would include obviously women in that in right. in terms of being made in the image of god i think that there i think that there's a pretty strong case in scripture to uh, not pretty strong there's a really strong case in scripture to say that men and women are made in the image of god right. that 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 the character qualities that are in women that are that are in men um both equally reflect the character of god mm-hmm. the um which is which is part of i i think the Completion of man and woman, when God says, this is really good, this is very good, I think that that is some level of reflection over God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that exists in creation as well, that there is this sense of community that happens there that that it, that's just a part of who God is. Yep. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that that's true. I think that the, um, that that, uh, that scripture in First uh, Corinthians seven is that where it is twelve uh, eleven seven through ten eleven eleven seven through ten yep. that um, that there is something cool about God's plan for creation mm-hmm. that's there, but that doesn't negate in any sense yep. the fact that women are made in the image of God, which is again why um, Galatians three in Christ there is no male or female right yep agreed affirmed. <laughs> 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 uh, second part of this question. So you, uh, in your message, you made it clear that women are not weaker. They're not sub-equal. There's no, that's why we reference right. Galatians, whether that is all equal in the eyes of God. Um, and you explain that when it comes to the helper role, women are not weaker. So how do we view First Peter 3, 7, which we read right. in the message, when it seems to imply that men should treat their wives with understanding because they are weaker and it doesn't seem to be talking about physical strength that's what the question says that that's a great question yeah um and and kind of wrestling through that um there are a whole lot of nuances in english language where it gets tough so so in trying to communicate the um the sense of that's there in in that word in, in a Quite in gentle spirit, mm-hmm. that that um, or, yeah, quite in gentle spirit. The um, the gentle piece, it really is strength under control. Yeah. Um, the so in that sense, it's not. Um, there are different qualities that exist physiologically mm-hmm. um, in God's creation between men and women. I think that that I think that there is an element that it talks that that it's describing there in First Peter three about um, not just physical strength, yeah. but but in terms of of how we're wired. Yep. I think that the I think that the um, tender, compassionate piece that's there that's woven through that scripture um, is that's not a value statement. That's but that but there is a, there's a a tenderness that that has a woman. I'm, I'm hesitant to use this word, but yeah. hear hear my heart in this. Vulnerable because yeah. of that tenderness, yep. and 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 that that so the so what when we hear weak, we think weak is less than Lesser, and yep. and and I don't think that the scripture communicates that in terms of value yep. at all. It does mean that we're wired different physiologically, emotionally, yep. all those kinds of things. Yep. I I think that. Um, you know there there is there's a physiological difference obviously between men and women that impacts um, how they live and yeah. and the, and that um, communicates that yeah well I think I mean this is the beauty of 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 God's word of Scripture is that we talked about the idols for men one of the idols is dominance right and so I, I mean you look at a scripture like that where it says 
treat them as weaker because your your tendency is not going to be to do that. Right. Your tendency, your idol is going to be to dominate. And so a way of, of kind of reining in men's lack of control when it comes to their responsibility and to, to err on the side of dominance is to look at the relationship between male and female and that if if women are going to live out their design of being compassionate, of having that sense of vulnerability, right. it doesn't help when men are dominant over that. Right. So having that proper balance of, okay, let's check ourselves. We know we know what our tendencies are going to be. Don't err on that side because that's not part of God's design. I think that's probably a part of what Peter's talking about yeah. in that in that passage. Um, last one. Uh, let me go back to that yeah. for a second. That doesn't mean, um, you know, uh, as the weaker vessel, right. that doesn't mean, men, that you don't speak truth, that you don't, sure. um, that you don't communicate openly. Um, it means that you recognize who, you're, who you are partnered with right. and that you do everything that you can to help them be all that they can in the same way that, that I hope wives... Um, in a sense, kind of protect mm. their husband from stuff that they know is going to derail him. Yep. Yep. Um, in that sense, the husband's weaker, right? Um, and and so that that charge for us yep. is to know each other and to and to help them be all that they can be. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> all right, this uh, this last part of the the three parter. <laughs> um, and then they say, this might be a bit off the wall, which we're good with off the wall questions. Yep. Um, is sex, male and female, merely a physical attribute or is there a spiritual aspect to this? Will we carry our maleness and femaleness over into the afterlife? Great question. I'll tell you when I get there. Um, <laughs> actually, the, um, talking about <laughs> cop out answers. <laughs> yeah, that that is a really good question. And I do think that there's a there's a good biblical answer that speaks to the question that's kind of lurking there in the words. Yeah. Um, so uh, religious leaders, the Pharisees, come to Jesus and they say, hmm. "Hey, this this woman married this guy. He died. She married his brother. He died. Married another brother." Ended up marrying seven seven different brothers. Yep. When they get to heaven, who's she going to be married to? And Jesus said, "You don't understand. You don't get this at all. In heaven, there's not going to be marrying, right. being given in marriage, or that that relationship's not going to exist there. Um, does that mean that there's not going to be male or female in heaven? We're going to have new bodies, so there isn't any way to know that. I think in heaven we will know each other. We will know people, and we will know." Um, who we are in our spirit and soul. Um, I don't know if there'll be any sense of, oh, yeah, back on earth, you were my wife, or, you know, the, the, sure. I, I think that we'll have some sense of that, yeah. but I don't think we'll have physiological bodies that, that um, distinguish that. We'll know that in, in terms of in our spirits. Yeah, that's great. Um, these next. Uh, two groupings of questions. So we got multiple questions that came in, and I, I've kind of separated them into two groups. So the first grouping um, talks about we we talked about how uh, because of your role as a woman, uh, being hardwired in God's design, having that trusting aspect does not mean that you cannot have the highest level of uh, marketplace leadership, mm-hmm. CEO, yeah. whatever that might be. So we talked about uh, the role in the marketplace, the role in marriage. Um, and th- these questions kind of wanted to address more about, okay, well, how do how do women live that out in the church then, in the context of the church? Um, and then the second, the second grouping of questions would be in terms of leadership in the church. So I'll let you address, <laughs> choose to address that however you yeah. like. Yeah, um, I want to tease this week's message. Yeah. So this uh, this Sunday, actually, we're talking we're talking in um, in the series about God's design for the church and how the male and female roles fit into that. So we're going to flesh that out more this Sunday. Let me give you kind of the quick answer, and and there'll be a lot more to talk about next week in yeah. that. As as uh, we understand Scripture, as as we've kind of fleshed that out, um, the uh, the qualifications for an elder. 
in the church. Um, uh, first, first Timothy 3, um, Titus 2, where it lists that. It talks about the elder being husband of one wife. That, that's a, that we would say that that's a male role. Not everybody thinks that. Mm. They, they, some people would attribute that as a principle. Um, and so it just means that you need to be faithful to your spouse. Um, my understanding, our understanding as a church leadership is that that when it says a husband of one wife, that means that it's a male role. Right. Other than that, there um, within the body of the church, I think that there's a case to be made for women having the freedom to to really function in any role that that there is. And so, when you read in the New Testament about the the daughters of Philip that prophesied, that that's a cool thing. There was a group of women that that supported Paul in his missionary travels mm-hmm. that were key leaders in the church. There's a list of of um, people that Paul in Romans 16 that that he sends his greetings to. Lots of women in that. I think that there's that there's a really an open playing field. Yeah. Um, and and I would encourage us um, uh, when it talks about Phoebe, a, a servant, a deaconess, um, uh, that, that concept, there were key leaders in the New Testament church that were, that were female. And so there's, I think that there's all kinds of opportunities. Yeah. And I think it, it, uh, this is a massive discussion. <laughs> that, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a much longer that, uh, uh, that Obviously, our, our plan is not to, to, d- to dive into all of that, but I think it ultimately comes down to that phrase that we keep coming back to. If God is your desire, yeah. you can trust his design. Yep. And in Scripture, God has a clear design right. for men and women, for men and women in marriage, for women and women in the church. Yep. And we can continue to have those discussions, but yep. ultimately what we're always going to come back to is God your desire. Right. Because if he's not, that is our concern. <laughs> we can have yeah. the other, we, we can hash out yeah. all the theological stuff. We're not afraid of doing that. But that's going to be our main concern is when we come back to that question, is God my desire? Yeah. If he is, I can trust him. Yeah, and if God's not our desire, it doesn't matter where you land, it's going to be destructive. Right. Um, yep. Which, again, that goes to the end of the last two messages, too. Yep. You follow design other than God's, the result's going to be destructive. Yep, yep, that's great. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's all the questions that I have. <laughs> oh, is it? Is that the <laughs> end of it? it? That's the end of them. I mean, is there anything uh, in here that you wanted to unpack more or anything that we haven't... Uh, Touched on? Um, that's that's great. I think <laughs> we made it through all of them. The uh, I just I appreciate so much the opportunity to try and communicate what I think Scripture says, right. and and to um, and to know and to know that y'all are wrestling with this. Right. Um, you, you know the the thing that we didn't we didn't really unpack in this. Um, I had a conversation after after the services yesterday, because I, you know, I'm just being real authentic here in the room with Mark. Um, I it, it, yesterday's message was one that I um, prayed a lot about and was concerned about yeah. it being misunderstood yeah. uh, or or not communicating clearly, not choosing the right words, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and and my sense both services was that that people were tuned in at a high level of listenership in terms of, okay, what, what's going to be communicated here? Yeah. And that um, was amplified when we talked about the, um, the idols. Hmm. So um, I, I would just, uh, I, would, I would encourage you, if you're watching the podcast now, to kind of wrestle through, if you're, if you're a woman, to say, okay, where do I try and control things? Hmm. Because that's easy for me to go to. Yep. Where where do where am I drawn to security in my surroundings, in my people, in my stuff? In where am I just pulled to being secure rather than to trusting God? Yep. And where where in my life do I manipulate to get my way? Mm. And that manipulation sometimes is played out with our kids. Sometimes it's played out with our, our spouses, with our husbands. Sometimes it's played out in our relationship with God. We, uh, you know, we take on this perspective that we say, oh, if I just do this, if I perform this way, if I do these good things, then God <laughs> will have to do what I want. Right. Um, and, it, and it really is manipulative. Yep. Uh, and if you think about that, 
with clarity. That's pretty stupid <laughs> to think that we can manipulate God, yep. the God who made us, that we could manipulate Him to do what we. Uh, that's, yep. but we do. Yeah, uh, we find that's, ourselves in that position yeah. often, <laughs> and that's not that's not just a female issue. Right. Um, uh, it's it's there for all of us. Um, right. But I think when we recognize the idols that pull to us, yep. it um, that can be um, motivation for us to go back to God's design and say, Lord, help me live. Help me live the way that you designed me to live. Yep. Yeah, and I think it, we talked about this uh, in the last number point plus, but just to re- to reiterate and emphasize that again, this list uh, for men and for women is not exhaustive, right. but we did land on those because culture, right, doesn't like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at yeah. all. Yeah. And so I think even in my own heart, like in listening, going back to to both messages, there's parts where it's like, ooh, that's convicting. That hurts. And we have a choice when we feel that. Yeah. And the world's response that that they would like us to do is to isolate, to pull back. Right. Okay. Well, if that's if that's Rick's opinion, or if that's what North Point thinks, I'm going to isolate. I'm going to start pulling away. Um, and again, that's why we one of the ground rules was check it yeah. with Scripture. Yep. Um, but the other response is that man, if the Holy Spirit is working and pulling in your heart like that, like go to Him and be right. like, God, like forgive me for falling short of of your call on my life and help me to live for me as a man to live responsibly, to engage with my family, to be right. intentional in my spiritual life, my marriage, whatever it might be. Um, and so that's that tension that we feel. And so that, yep. that conviction, you have those two choices. And I would encourage all of us to to lean into what the Holy Spirit's asking us to do because culture does not want men to be responsible, yeah. engaged, intentional, and does not want women to be collaborative, compassionate, or trusting. Right. Right. So, yeah. One last thing. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I, I was I was just going to say this. I I, I want to personally, um, if you're watching, know that um, I am so grateful for for Chris and Jake and Mark for our teaching team because these particular messages we've spent a ton of time talking about and praying about, yep. and so it's not been the kind of thing that I've just been kind of uh, squirreled away <laughs> in my study saying, ah, I think these are the right things to say. Lots and lots of just wrestling through this yep. to make sure that it is appropriate for us and accurate to Scripture, yep. um, and um, we have a good team. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for diving deeper, for going through a, a big list of questions. Um, thank you guys for submitting all your questions. Um, this uh, is so encouraging for me just personally to to continue the conversation, to continue the interaction. Uh, it really is genuine on both, like, this is so fun yeah. <laughs> to get to, yeah. in, to, get really to go good. through all of it. Uh, it's a blast. So thanks for submitting questions. Uh, be sure to continue the conversation. Like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the social media stuff, uh, and we will see you next week. Yeah.